0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. By the time the year's out, the number of immigrants who've arrived in Australia in 2023 will have reached up to 600,000. That's more than the population of the national capital, Canberra. They're filling jobs and often bringing a rich cultural diversity to communities. But there is a downside for the economy. Today, the ABC's business editor, Ian Verinder, on the impact the surge is having on inflation, interest rates... Rental prices and what the government should be doing about it. Ian, our borders were closed, of course, for a couple of years because of the pandemic. But since they've reopened, something quite extraordinary has happened, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's uh, it's been remarkable, really. the The number of people who've flooded into the country since borders are reopened have, I think, outstripped pretty much everybody's expectations. They had did have a number there of about 190,000 a year of permanent uh, residents for migration, but the increase in the number of students, particularly since borders are reopened, has taken that uh, to well above 500. I think we're going to clock up for this year, and you know it's nobody knows for sure, but it'll be somewhere between five and six hundred.
0: Yeah, wow. Thousand, thousand.
1: Yes, yes, yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. yes. That's about 1,200 migrants per day. That sounds like a lot.
1: It certainly is. Wow. And, you know, if we did continue at that rate over any kind of extended period, well, over a four-year period, for instance, we'd have uh, we'd have another Brisbane on our hands, essentially, yes. in terms of the number of people who are involved. So it's a pretty extraordinary rate of increase.
0: Yeah, and as you say, it's more than most people expected, including the Treasury, and it is starting to cause some problems, isn't it?
1: It's becoming a political issue, I think, out there Mm. in in the public and also within the Parliament. There seems to be quite a bit of disquiet about it. There's also a real debate raging in the world of economics and economists about, uh, Mm. you know, why are we doing this and what uh, kind of long-term impact this is going to have on the economy. You could argue, I guess, that from about uh, not long after the turn of the century, probably around about 2005, we really started to rapidly increase the intake of, of migrants. Mm. If you wanted to be cynical about it, you could suggest that perhaps one of the reasons was to make it look like our economy was growing. Essentially, look, you know, Sam, if you and I are, are in the room and we're, we're the economy, Uh, and then somebody else walks into that room, Uh, the economy's just grown by about 50%. Because that extra body has to have a roof over his or her head, will eat. Um, you know, there's all the services and everything that are, that are required, you know, to, to actually make that person function. So simply adding bodies adds to GDP. So it makes it look as though you've got a, a really strongly growing economy. I don't know how many times you would have read, over. The, you know, up until the pandemic, that we're with a miracle economy, 30 years of unbroken economic growth. As many countries slipped towards recession, Australia's economy accelerated. GDP, or economic growth, for the December quarter was 1.3 per cent. And I'm pleased to say that despite some of the sharpest falls in commodity prices since the global financial crisis, the economy grew by a solid 0.5 per cent. 0.9 per cent growth in the March quarter makes us one of the fastest growing economies in the developed world and faster. Australia is in its 27th year of consecutive economic growth. And, you know, everybody was you know, shouting it from the rooftops. So, you know, how do you do this? Well, you do it by just importing people. And there's another measure to look at how how well your economy is doing, and that's simply to strip out the impact of immigration. So what you do is you divide your economic growth by the number of people in the economy. And if you do that, it's called per capita GDP. You would see that we had quite a number of recessions right through that period, because what that does is it looks at the welfare of people within the economy rather than just a, a blunt measure of growth itself.
0: So immigration, it grows the economy. What does it do to inflation? Because, of course, that's what we've been talking about a lot during the year, inflation, interest rates. So what do all these new people do to inflation?
1: Well, if it's done properly, and this is something that the Reserve Bank Governor, Michelle Bullock, made the point uh, of... If immigration is done properly, it won't add to inflation because what it does mm-hmm. is you've got more skilled workers. It means that there's no shortage of workers if you do it properly. Uh, if you make sure there's adequate housing, it won't add to inflation. If you do it in a very measured way, it can be extremely beneficial to your economy. And that's just from an economics perspective. I mean, if you want to look at it from a cultural perspective and you know the richness other nations and cultures can bring to Australian society, well, you know that's almost impossible. Possible to measure? Yes, of course. But if it's not done properly, it can cause all sorts of problems. And I think it's really just a mathematical calculation. Are we bringing too many people into the country at the moment because you know we don't have enough housing to house them? And that's being made Mm. very clear by simply what's happening in the rental market. You know, people arriving here have to have a place to live. They have to put a roof over their and their family's heads. And we've got vacancy rates, basically 1% in the country. It's an all-time low. Mm. Uh, And that's why rents are rising at the incredible speed that they're rising. And rent makes up quite a significant component of the consumer price index, which is the measure of inflation. And so when you get rising rents, you get the CPI rising. Therefore, inflation Mm. goes up. And then the response from the Reserve Bank is to push up interest rates.
0: As you mentioned, we do have a richness in this country because of migration. Just tell me then, from what you've said, if we then reduce the number of people coming into Australia, would that help ease the housing crisis that we have at the moment and then curve inflation?
1: There's a whole lot of issues around housing, mm. um, and it's not just immigration. I mean, you know we haven't built enough houses as it is, we've got tax concessions running right through the the economy that uh, boost the price of housing and and distort decisions that are made around housing. So it's not just immigration that's fueling it, it's one aspect. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, at the moment, it's a big aspect because it's purely by the force of numbers. Now, you could argue that the number of migrants that we have in the country at the moment would have been at this level if we hadn't had the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But economics is never about the level, it's always about the the change or the rate of change. I mean, look, you know, when I was a kid, I lived in Sydney and uh, over the, the back from where we lived, uh, the government built a, um, a hostel, All mm-hmm. right. And it was a brand new structure. It was really well done out. And people who arrived in the country, migrants who arrived, were taken off the boat or off the plane and driven around there and said, look, here's your place. You know, you can stay here for as long mm-hmm. as you like until you set yourself up, you get your kids in school, get yourself a job. We don't do that anymore. We don't have any facilities whatsoever for people who land here. And they're all having a hard time finding somewhere to live. And look, that gets to a broader discussion around infrastructure and infrastructure investment from the government.
0: Mm, And as you said, though, we also need to build the houses and we need the people to build those. The Immigration Minister, Andrew Giles, says we need immigrants to fix our skills shortage and we need them to build houses, so... Would our economy be in a worse state, Ian, without so many migrants coming in?
1: Well, you know, again, it's not about whether migrants come in or not. It's about the rate of change. Mm-hmm. You can bring people in very easily, but it takes a year or two to be able to build a house, or even longer to build a block of units. Mm-hmm. So it's simply not possible to provide the amount of housing that is required for such a huge intake as we're having right at the moment. Mm-hmm. Look, on the other side, you're absolutely right. Bringing people into the country can actually mitigate inflation on a longer-term basis because more people means more competition for jobs uh, and therefore wages will be lower. But on a very short-term basis, such as we're experiencing right now, it's just pure mathematics. You know, it's arithmetic. Yes. If, if you've got, you know, five houses and you've got 50 families... <laughs> What are they all going to do? But there's a broader question about infrastructure as well here, you know, and just it's not just housing. It's it's schools, it's transport, public transport, roads, all kinds of facilities that are needed to make sure your cities work properly.
0: The Shadow Immigration Minister, Dan Tan, he warns that the migration surge will have dire consequences. So as you mentioned earlier, it's becoming very political as well, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. And I mean, I think it's a bit rich for, you know, one side of politics to point the finger at the other because Mm. um, both sides have been involved in this from, you know, around about 2005 on. It's come to, you know, a crescendo, I guess, right now because, purely by by virtue of the fact of the number of people who are arriving and yes it is a a reaction to having nobody come in and actually people leave during the pandemic and they're all swarming back in now but both sides of politics have happily taken the kudos for growing GDP and not spending money on the infrastructure that's required Mm. to make sure our economy works well.
0: So Ian, what's the best way to handle this debate, do you think? Because as a nation, we do have a proud track record of migration. We've discussed that. But this debate can get a bit nasty, can't it, at times?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, economists hate talking about this. Mm. Uh, Everybody just wants to shy away from the issue in lots of ways because you can be accused of being racist or anti-immigration. And it's not about immigration or or the the, uh, virtues of immigration. It's simply about the arithmetic and Mm. whether or not you can actually you know, adequately house and accommodate the number of people you're bringing in at the moment. And I think, you know, we do need to really think about that. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of social cohesion problems down the track because there's going to be competition for scarce housing. And that's going to go on for a long time because, as I said, you can't build the houses quickly enough to um, house the, the people who are coming in.
0: Mm, So what's the answer, do you think, for the government? What should it do?
1: I think it needs to have a a good look at the number of people that are coming in and and set limits on it, really. You know, there's also another argument that I've heard from some academics that our universities have been turned into money-making machines because federal governments have decided not to fund them, and that means, you know, bringing in huge numbers of students uh, who require housing, uh, and perhaps the federal government should turn our universities back into learning institutions rather than an export industry. So you know, there's all sorts of things that you could do, but it does require limiting the number of people to a to a sustainable level.
0: Ian Verinder is the ABC's business editor. The Reserve Bank board will meet again today to decide the path forward on interest rates, though expectations are they'll keep them on hold. Last week, we spoke to Alan Kohler on when the great Australian dream of owning a home ran off track. Look for Alan Kohler's plan to freeze house prices. That's in your feed. This episode was produced by Nell Whitehead, Bridget Fitzgerald, Lara Corrigan, Sam Dunn and Anna John, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is David Cody. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.